Oral questions by members? Leader of the Official Opposition. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Nearly one million British Columbians have no family doctor in our province, and the number is climbing. And if you can't find a family doctor, you're being faced with hours-long waits at walk-in clinics. By 9 o'clock this morning, the Lonsdale Medical Clinic in North Vancouver was at full capacity, and the clinic that was two blocks away had a five-hour wait time. And those who can't find access end up in emergency. So it is no wonder that hospitals are over capacity and our healthcare workers are overwhelmed. The province is facing a healthcare crisis, but instead of taking action, the Premier chose to lash out this week. He's blamed the federal government, he's blamed the opposition, but he simply can no longer ignore the fact that urgent action is required. The NDP has long promised a health and human resources strategy. Most recently, the minister promised that it would be delivered by last fall. We have yet to see that plan. So to the Premier today, where's the plan? Minister of Health. Thank you very much. The, issue, the issues around primary care, as the member knows, have been in place in BC for a long time. We've just been through and are in the midst of a more than two-year-long pandemic that has fundamentally changed the delivery of primary care in that time, such that the number of fee-for-service visits that were virtual in 2018 was 646,000, and last year was more than 13 million. This is a profound change to primary care. That's why in 2018 we introduced a series of significant measures. First, primary care networks, including 30 new people attached to primary care in the members' hometown of Prince George, 51 in Kelowna, and in many other communities around BC to build out team-based care. We've added 27 urgent and primary care centers, including one on the North Shore that is extremely successful and absolutely necessary during this time of pandemic when in-person visits were scarce and challenging. The system is coming out of that period, moving away from in-person visits to a majority of virtual visits and back. And so, as the member can see, we've taken consistent action, in particular, in doubling the number of nurse practitioner spaces once the new spaces at Thompson Rivers University are added, new, uh, new residency positions, which gives us the largest family practice residency program, and last week, of course, significant action to speed internationally educated nurses into the primary care and public health care system. Action is being taken, and the full human health human resources plan will be available soon. Leader of the official opposition, supplemental. Well, thank you very much to the minister. The plan will be avail available soon. We heard it was going to be available last fall. This government made significant promises to British Columbians when they called their snap pandemic election. And the fact of the matter is, that what we know today is that under this minister and this premier's watch, the number of unattached patients in British Columbia has gone up by over 200,000. And the minister talks about walk-in uh, clinics in, in British Columbia. People can't get in to those walk-in clinics without long waits. In fact, those waits are the longest in Canada. 
The number of people in our province who do not have a relationship with a family doctor has increased dramatically under this government's watch. Yesterday, and I know the minister knows this, we all heard the story of a parent who had their sick child in their vehicle and they were driving around the lower mainland of British Columbia trying to get access to a medical appointment. Do you know where they ended up? In the emergency room. That is simply not good enough in the province of British Columbia. This is a two-term government, and in fact, during the last election, they claimed, in, and I quote, we're getting results in reducing your weight for care, and 2021 will be a crucial year in our health care plan. End quote. It's a crucial year, all right. The number of unattached patients has gone up. People are waiting longer to get into walk-in clinics, and ultimately, parents are driving around the lower mainland of British Columbia and across the province trying to get access to a medical appointment. So again, to the minister, saying the plan is going to be available soon is not good enough. Let's ask the minister again, when exactly will he provide British Columbians with the health human resources strategy that he and his premier promised? Minister of Health. Honourable Speaker, we're taking action on it. And, and you know, without getting into uh, the political debate about it, um, we recall another general election, it was 2013, when a promise was made by the then governing party that everyone would have a family doctor. They abandoned the scheme in three years. So what did we do? What did we do? What did we do? In 2018, we put in place a scheme, uh, a plan, to build out team-based care. What have we done? In places such as Prince George and Kelowna across BC, we've built out that plan. How have we done it? In working with local health care practitioners. It is a significant challenge. We've been through a two-year pandemic that affected primary care more than anything else. I mean, everybody surely would have to admit, everybody, uh, would have to, have to say and have to admit that the absolute transformation that occurred on a dime of our primary care system to see us go and increase the number of fee-for-service visits by 1.5 million over two years was a significant achievement of everybody working in the system. And now, well, uh, I, I'm members, tired of the pandemic too, I'd say to the honourable member, answer, but it's please. still on. And we still have to address it. So we've added. 960 FTEs to primary care networks across the province. We've added 27 urgent and primary care centers. We're transforming the system and moving, yes, slowly, but moving away from the fee-for-service model. We've reduced surgical wait times on the province. The surgical wait time list went down during the pandemic, as the member knows. All of these Members. steps, Honourable Speaker, are to address the very issues that the member is raising, and we need to continue to do it. Not take short-term action, then abandon it in a short period of time, but take sustained action to improve team-based care in BC. Official Opposition House Leader. Uh, thank you, Mr. Speaker. Well, uh, we're all hearing from British Columbians uh, who are gravely concerned uh, with this uh, worsening uh, state of health care uh, in British Columbia, and, and we're talking about access to uh, family uh, doctors here, uh, and results are what really matters. 
uh, we actually attached 178,000 people to doctors leading up to 2017. Our, our, our government attached 178,000 doctors. Under this uh, government, in only uh, four and a half years, 200,000 British Columbians are without a, a doctor. One in five. Now, for, for two elections now, this uh, government, and this minister, this premier have made huge health care promises uh, to British Columbians. And like so much else, they might have great intentions, but they, they simply can't deliver. Health care spending as a percentage of DD, uh, GDP is declining. Hospital employment has fallen by 10,000 positions since 2017. As I said, one in five British Columbians is without a family doctor, and we have the worst wait times for walk-in clinics in the entire country. But instead of taking responsibility, the Premier lashes out and he says that the solution is more cash from Ottawa. Mr. Speaker, when will the Premier stop blaming others? When will the Premier acknowledge that this health care crisis is happening on his watch? And when will this Premier act so that British Columbians get the health care that they need when they need it? Minister of Health. Oh, thank you, Honourable Speaker. As the member will know, during the, during the COVID-19 pandemic, the healthcare system, I think, in BC, its workers across BC, the system, the leadership, has performed in an exceptional way to respond to an unprecedented public health emergency. <laughs> Honourable Speaker. Members, let's Honourable hear the answer. Honourable Speaker, in key areas of care across the board, I mean, the member, and I heard him, criticizing uh, the government's record on employment previously, saying there were too many hirings in health care and not enough in the private sector. Now he's claiming the opposite. Uh, it depends on the question. But I would say this, Honourable Speaker. Members. Members, order. Members, <laughs> Minister uh, will continue. Honourable Speaker, what we're doing is taking sustained action in the members' community and everywhere else in BC. When I became Minister of Health, we were last in Canada in nurse practitioners. We've doubled the number of nurse practitioners acting in BC, doubled them in a short period of time. We've added 960 worker, worker, FTE workers across the primary care system, supporting it and adding access to care across that system and continuing to build out primary care networks in every community in BC. We've added 27 urgent and primary care centers. There are 600 more family practice doctors practicing than there were. There are significant challenges to the system, particularly after a pandemic that radically changed over a short period of time primary care and affected everything that we did. But the actions that we're taking, building team-based care, moving towards a modern 21st century healthcare system, delivering a larger quantity of services and more people delivering those services. That's the right path. We've got to continue to work hard to address the very concerns members on the opposite, other side are raising. Official Opposition House Leader Supplemental. Uh, thank you, Mr. Speaker. Well, the fact of the matter is every walk-in clinic in the Premier's backyard was at capacity before 11 o'clock this morning with one exception, uh, Esquimalt's Medical Clinic, which has a five-hour wait time. That's unacceptable. The entire health system in this province is in a crisis. 
under this government. We're, we're all, as I said, we're all getting swamped with calls and emails and meeting requests from the public and from healthcare professionals. They're all reeling, uh, reaching out to us because they feel abandoned uh, by this government. Family doctors, surgeons, technicians, and Mr. Speaker, a heck of a lot of nurses, like this nurse uh, who said, and I quote, we are burnt out. We are tired of witnessing the suffering that we have to deal with on a daily basis due to inappropriate staffing levels in all departments of our hospital. We are fearful for our patients. We are fear fearful for ourselves. We have lost our voices. We are falling apart at the seams. Please, on behalf of my colleagues, we are begging for help, end quote. If that doesn't reflect a healthcare system in crisis, I don't know what does. It certainly is the opposite of what this government promised that they would deliver to British Columbians in the last two provincial elections. It's a dire situation, it's inexcusable, and it's getting worse by the day. When will this Premier fix it? Minister of Health. Thank you. Honourable Speaker, um, the member talks about nurses who have done an exceptional job in the pandemic, and I understand, I think everybody does, after the, the extraordinary pressure all of them have faced, and members will meet with them on all sides of the House and hear this. The impact has been profound, and that's why we need more nurses. Why being 10th in Canada in nursing when I became Minister of Health wasn't good enough, didn't prepare us for changes in the healthcare system. So what have we done? We've led the country, led the country in increase of new LPNs. Now, it's still a challenge because we started from a low base, but we've led the country on LPNs. Third in Canada uh, per capita increase in registered nurses. First in Canada an increase in nurse practitioners. Previous government was not without positive actions, including, for example, the start of the nurse practitioner program in BC. But you know, 11 years in, we were last in Canada, and that's not the case anymore. So we understand the issue. That's why we're taking action, and that's why we're going to continue to take action. Member for Saanich North End Islands. Yeah, thank you, Mr. Speaker. To hear the Minister of Health to suggest that we've come through a pandemic is actually uh, pretty distressing. I think we're still in a pandemic, uh, Mr. Speaker. Nearly a million British Columbians. Uh, Shh, members. Hard reality, but it is the reality. Continue. Nearly a million British Columbians do not have a family doctor. Our health care system is on the brink, and our Premier wants to blame everyone else for uh, their failed policies. And it's about to get worse, uh, Mr. Speaker, uh, because uh, the NDP government is pretending that there is not this large threat, uh, this threat of large corporations who are poised to disrupt the primary health care system. They're pretending like that doesn't exist. You know who's taking action on the primary health care uh, crisis that we're facing? Tell us. They're taking action. And they don't want uh, to talk about this part of their so-called uh, uh, social capitalist enterprise, uh, but they are charging $3,900 a year for their Life Plus program. Uh, Don Copeman, well, he's back, uh, this time with Harrison Healthcare Clinics, opening soon in uh, Vancouver and uh, in Victoria. And well, uh, tell us buries their fees. Harrison's just open about their, quote, private healthcare fees End quote. Even calling their highest level of service the premier service. $4,900 a year to start for the first year. $3,900 every year after that for adults. Teens and young adults, $1,600. Children, 
$675 for my family to get uh, to become a member of this exclusive club, $10,000 a year. Mr. Speaker, the Government of Canada website says that the Canada Health Transfer Funds, quote, have at times been withheld for violations of the Canada Health Act in relation to extra billing and user charges, end quote. My question, Mr. Speaker, is to the Premier. We have a corporation charging British Columbian fees for access to longitudinal primary health care. So how can he expect the federal government to step up and give us more cash when he's allowing this kind of exploitation in our province? Minister of Health. Well, um, Honourable Speaker, um, there we have laws, the Medicare Protection Act in BC, and those laws will be enforced. And we, in this, in, on this side of the House, brought into place measures that have been passed in the legislature in 2003 but never proclaimed. Uh, in addition, we've taken specific action to ensure a whole sector of health care, which is diagnostics, has changed profoundly in BC, such that we went from 174,000 MRIs in 2016-17 to 260,000 last year. We didn't do... Whether, whether it's members, members, same with Minister same with CT scans. I'll tell you. Uh, I'll tell you. Members, Minister will continue. Uh, Honourable Speaker, uh, with respect to the Canada Health Act and the Medicare Protection Act, which is our responsibility in this legislature, they will be enforced in British Columbia. But the areas of health care that are growing in primary care, those are primary care networks. That's public. That's 53 of them, including in the members' constituency. That's urgent and primary care centers. That's public. That's community health centers, which had been stuck in the mud for a generation in BC, new community health centers contro controlled by nonprofit organizations in communities. So with respect to everyone, the rules and the law will apply. And those are the actions the government's taking to ensure this generation of public health care improves life for everyone in BC. Member for Saanich Northern Island Supplemental. In my riding, we have a clinic with 24 doctors fundraising for overhead. We have a uh, we have an emergency room. Uh, who, the, an emergency department expanding a $10 million project, 30% of it contributed by local government, 70% of it committed by uh, the fundraising of uh, the hospital foundation. That's what's happening in my riding. A clinic with 24 doctors fundraising for overhead. This week, the Premier and the Minister of Health were pressed on their policies, their failed health care policies, and the Premier stood in this chamber and swore at a member in this, of this House. In an interview, the Premier shifts blame for his failed policies on the federal government complaining about Canada health transfers, pointing fingers, uh, well, clearly not pointing fingers, well, clearly uh, pointing fingers, Mr. Speaker. Then the Premier has the temerity to again shift responsibility in a Vancouver uh, Sun article saying it's not his problem, it's a BC problem, it's a Canada problem. These are just distractions. Useful distractions, Mr. Speaker, from the issue 
that nearly a million British Columbians are seized with at this moment. The Premier is great at distracting. Members, the erosion of health care has been a growing issue over decades in this province, as the Minister of Health said. However, this Premier has been in that seat for five years now, for five years now, and we've seen fewer people with a family doctor, more corporations develop, uh, delivering primary health care, and more services being forced to fundraise to stay afloat. My question through you, Honourable Speaker, is to the Premier. When is he going to stop shifting, and point, shifting blame and pointing fingers for his failed policies and take responsibility for the mess that his government is making on this equitable, universal primary health care system in our province? Minister of Health. Uh, Honourable Speaker, I'm uh, disappointed that the members seem to be suggesting in his first question that we should not be advocating for increases in the Canada Health Transfer. He will know that the federal government contributes currently 22 percent, 22 percent of health care costs in Canada on what it needs to be a shared cost program. And all uh, members. Minister. Uh, thank you. And he will know that increase in the Canada Health Transfer are absolutely necessary in this country for the long-term sustainability of public health care. And the Premier, the Premier is advocating for that, as he should, as the previous Premiers did, and as they should have. And so, Honourable Speaker, when the member calls that an irrelevancy, the fundamental underpinnings of the public health care system in Canada, that is incorrect. That is, that is incorrect. With, res, with respect to TELUS, we've answered this question in the House uh, previously, and so uh, I, I suggest that uh, the member uh, take a look at that response. I have ensured that that issue be referred to the Medical Services Commission. That's how we inform, that's how we enforce the law in British Columbia. We referred it to the Medical Services Commission and the issue in question to ensure that everyone in BC is acting in compliance with the law. But what we have to do is take action. What did the members learn last night at their town hall meeting? We need to use nurse practitioners more. We doubled the number of nurse practitioners. We need more community health centers. We increased the number of community health centers. We need We need primary care networks to expand team-based care across the province. That's precisely what we've done in his constituency, in his leader's constituency, and everywhere else in BC. Members, when the question is being asked or being answered, members don't have to react to every word uttered by the other side. So just listen. Pay attention, and we'll get through it. Member for Abbotsford South. Thank you very much, Mr. Speaker. And you know, the health minister is pretty good at dueling out facts. So here's one according to Stats Canada. <laughs> In the 
shame, it's a shame, Mr. Speaker, when his facts don't match Stats Statistics Canada. In Statistics Canada, BC is the only major province to lose hospital employees during the pandemic. There are 8,000 fewer people working at BC hospitals compared to 2020 under this health minister's watch. We've heard horror stories from patients, and now we're hearing horror stories about this crisis from healthcare professionals. But here's the sad thing, Mr. Speaker. Continue. Many are afraid to speak out. They're afraid to speak about the true state of the healthcare crisis for fear of losing their jobs. In a document obtained from Interior Health says nurses must, and I quote, instill confidence and trust and not bring interior health, interior health into disrepute. Care should be taken in making comments or entering into public debate, end quote. The consequence, and I quote, is employees who fail to comply may be subject to disciplinary action up to and including dismissal. It's no wonder we've got 8,000 fewer people in this province working. A gag order, exactly a gag order. Healthcare workers are overwhelmed and burnt out as the minister knows. So why is this minister and the premier threatening these overworked, burnt out nurses with dismissal, with dismissal for raising red flags and telling the truth? Minister of Health. Uh, Honourable Speaker, um, uh, the member uh, talks about facts. Uh, I know because I know be I know because I meet and talk to healthcare workers every day what they've been through for the last uh, two years and the challenges they face in their work. Uh, and uh, I think members. Let's not try to be cute, okay? Let's listen, please. I think it's I think it's an exceptional thing what they've. Uh, I think it's an exceptional thing that what they've achieved for the people of BC in the pandemic, an exceptional record of response on critical care, the best in the world, on critical care, the best in the world, the overall response to the pandemic. I think the best of any like jurisdiction in North America. I think the facts establish that. With respect to how many people work in the healthcare system, I'd be happy to provide that member of the thing to the honourable member. It's not a matter of conjecture. We know because you know people get paid and we have numbers. I'll just tell the honourable member. Just in long-term care, with our HCAP program, we added 6,500 healthcare workers to support long-term care. You know the reason we did it? Because in 2017. 87% of care homes in BC were below the provincial government's own standards. 87%. Thank God we did something about that, Honourable Speaker. In fact, Member for Kamloops, North Thompson. Thank you, uh, Mr. Speaker. And just like the million uh, people in BC without a doctor, there's also new figures from Stats Canada that show BC's retirement age population has also rapidly passed 1 million people. The NDP don't have a plan to deal with the strain this puts on our healthcare system, and, and it is a strain when you're getting older. In Camels' case, you have to drive from Camels to Salmon Arm to get a CT scan, you come back home, then you get told to go to Kelowna for your surgery by a Camels doctor in Kelowna. 
because the system is broken. Employment in BC hospitals has fallen by almost 10,000 people since 2017. And if you're in an emergency room, then you're waiting for hours at a walk-in clinic because you don't simply have a family doctor. Here's what another nurse says, and this is despite the threat of being fired. And the minister can try to dismiss the concerns of nurses all he likes. They feel they are under threat of being fired for speaking out. They don't want their names used. Absolutely. They don't want any identification at all because they're fearful of this government's retribution. I see my colleagues retiring early. Members, this is funny. Perhaps the government Members, would like let's hear the question, please. Wow. Both sides, members, order. Member will continue. I'll start again because the other side doesn't seem to realize that they actually do have gag orders in place and they're not bringing in legislation to get rid of it anytime soon. Nurses want whistleblower legislation so they can actually speak what's going on without the threat of being fired. It's that simple. I will quote again. I see my colleagues retiring early. New grads are shell-shocked and feel trapped. There is not a shift that goes by where me or one of my co-workers is not teary and asking me, what are we doing? I didn't sign up for this. End quote. That's the reality in our healthcare system. Here and now, record levels of wait times, staff burnout, and no action from this government. How many nurses will have to quit before this Premier will finally take some real action on what is happening in our health care system? Minister of Health. Well, uh, thank you, Honourable Speaker. Uh, real action. Uh, in 2002, uh, the previous government uh, en engineered the largest layoff of women workers in the history of this. <laughs> In, in, 2000, in, 2018, in 2018, we repealed that legislation. In, in 2000, members, in 2000, members will come to order. Members, minister will continue. Uh, the, member, uh, the member says we didn't add capacity. There were 75 care homes that were dramatically, dangerously understaffed when I became Minister of Health, under 2.8 care hours per patient day. There are none today, zero, none. <laughs> At the beginning of the pandemic, we saw the absolute need to add staff. LPN and care staff in long-term care, and we did, with specific programs that added 6,500 people to those systems. Honourable, uh, Member. Uh, Honourable Speaker, I would say, Honourable Speaker, that on issue under, uh, after issue, from MRIs to other diagnostic care 
to surgeries, Honourable Speaker, to primary care, Honourable Speaker, to privatization, Honourable Speaker, to moving our system away from fee-for-service to more APP, which I think everyone else has supported. Everyone, Honourable Speaker, support uh, issues, I think, that people in British Columbia support. We've taken action to deal with the situation we inherited in 2017. And, Honourable Speaker, uh, I know um, that um, the members may find those facts inconvenient. But what I'd also say is this, that Members, let, let the minister conclude, please. Uh, uh, Honourable Speaker, the House Leader uh, of the Official Opposition thinks rules are for other people. Yeah. But I would say, Honourable Speaker, Honourable Speaker, I would, I would simply say, Honourable Speaker, I'd simply say that we have been through an exceptional period in public health care. Everybody knows that. That everyone in public health care who works in public health care has struggled through that period. It has been unprecedented, and I think I'm very proud of the work they've done. It's why we continue to have to provide and increase and improve resources in public health care, and that's precisely what this government is going to do. The bell ends the question period.